Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. Need an RV, no plans, just you and me. I need to go somewhere. I need to go somewhere. Welcome into Nuanez and Liz. Oh, no, she's gone. Just do on as now, but don't worry. Regime Seabrook will be replacing Liz La here in just half a minute. Thank you so much to Liz for helping me do all the things that I need in my life at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Hope everybody's having an outstanding Friday. I'm having a great day. So nice to be able to bask in the sun, make the rounds around Missoula, see my good people, my good clients, all our friends and neighbors. Hope everybody out there is having an awesome week, an awesome Friday, enjoying the sunshine. Nuana is now is your one-stop shop for all things sports and pop culture every single day all around the Treasure State right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. You can also listen to us or watch us anywhere around the planet Earth. YouTube channel, Nuana is now, Tutel Nuana is whatever you want to do. By the way, Tutel Nuanas, just talk to Ryan Tutel. We're going to start doing a little fun thing here on Fridays. We're going to start playing a little Where in the World is Ryan Tutel? Give him a call and get his takes on the greater wide world of sports as well as, you know, maybe the landscape of America as he makes his way. He was in Jackson, Mississippi, where I talked to him earlier. He might be in some other Mississippi town by the time we get around to it. But either way, if you want to watch us on YouTube or you want to watch us, or excuse me, listen to us via the live stream, go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, though, you'll find the stream. Want to give us a call or you want to shoot us a text, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests, join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. 
My guest host is standing out here singing or staring or something. I don't know what he's doing. He's he's dancing. He's moving a lot better though. So this is a this is a good thing. I was worried about this guy last week. I'm still worried about him. But not as much, you know, not not to as uh, grand as of an extent. But Regime Seabrook, good friend of the show and uh, our regular Friday guest host for the foreseeable future. What's up, my man? How you living? I'm well, man. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm alive. I'm a little less necrotic this week than I was a week ago. <laughs> I couldn't remember the word because I was telling the story. I had to tell stories on you because I mean, this is a, this is an unbelievable story, right, buddy? It, this is like legit. This is, uh, yeah. Um, being necrotic means that your skin or a part of your body has gone through a process called necrosis, and that's when the tissue, sometimes the muscle in an infected area, starts to basically die and rot. So. This uh, stems from a spider bite for those who weren't with us last Friday. Oh, yes. So I was looking at this. The, are you sure it was a hobo or was it a brown recluse? No. Because they're both, they're they're both, both crazy, right? No, no. So I, I totally thought it was a brown recluse because of the way it looked. And, the you know, you know, of course, I have my WebMD degree in searching. So I was like, it's a brown recluse. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that the doctor that uh, operated on me said, buddy, if it was a brown recluse and this happened, you would have lost your foot. Like, a brown recluse versus a hobo, like, sure. it's, it's, you, you, if you get bit by a hobo versus a brown recluse, you're, you are praying that it's a, it's a hobo and not a brown recluse. Man. Well, I told, I said this last week, but I mean, good Lord. I, I would have, rather have pain inflicted on me in every possible way besides maybe being burned. Other than that, I think that you win. I, yeah, I mean, Punch me, hit me in the face with a metal bat, like anything. Let's go. I'll, I'll get in a car wreck before I have what you had happened to you. Dude, I'll be honest. Terrible. There, I'm not a very spiteful or a person like that, but there are two people on this planet that I have absolute <laughs> disdain for, and I wouldn't wish that on either one of them. Ugh. I'm not saying a lot, man. Ugh. Spray your basements. Get rid of, <laughs> put some traps down, like take care of yourselves, uh, uh, people. This is legit. I will say this you did help me. If there's a silver lining in this, I told this story to my roommate. I, I live with the guy, he owns the house, so you know, we had a good agreement going on. But I was like, dude, here's the story. And he's like, dude, Orkin Man is coming tomorrow. <laughs> We're not messing around with this. Well, I, I'm, I should, I should pull. The exterminator services from everyone. I, I need a cut. Where's my check? Like I, I have put money in pockets of organizations and businesses in the last three weeks because of this spider bite. And you know I'm a comic book guy. I'm feeling jit, man. I can't spin webs. I can't cling to the walls. No spidey powers. Nothing's tingling. Oh, I love it. Let's go. We're going to talk all things comic books. Also, all things NFL draft. If you, yes. if you live under a rock, I don't know how you would, <laughs> yes. but we got, we, I mean, we've been doing nothing but draft around here and we're going to keep doing it because it's just fun. Uh, I asked Kyle Sample, we've, we've had, what, you'll be the sixth guest host that have come by talking NFL draft just in the last couple of days. But I was asking Kyle Sample, our, our good buddy, who's our uh, regi uh, registered NFC West expert, resident and NFC expert, I think is what I was going for there. In fact, not actually a registered expert, our resident expert. Uh, and I was asking him, why the NFL draft? Why is it so compelling? Why are we so hooked to it? Because we love football. We love the NFL. We love all of the, the obvious elements of football, the excitement, the speed, the power, the otherworldly athletic gifts, the violence, you know, the, the gladiatorial aspect the gladiatorial of the game. Aspect, but we also love the gambling and the fantasy football and all that. But more than anything, though, we love the draft more than anything. Yes, sir. Why? Why? Because it's just a magic day. It's, it's kind of a... Um, is it the magic that we love, though? I think or we, the, I think we love it because of the drama. Well, I mean, there's magic that surrounds the drama, that surrounds the hyperbole. Like it's just, 
it's it's one day, and the 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 things that happen during the draft are just sometimes hilarious. A lot of head scratching. Like, who is the brain trust behind the brain trust? Um, there's some calamity. There's some hilarity. There's just a lot of things that go on all between the picks. And then, you know, some of the experts look great. Some of the other experts look like who gave you a job in the first place. Um, there's just there's just, just a lot of, uh, I'm going to use overused word, magic that surrounds it, man. It's a good time. We're going to talk all things NFL draft. We're also going to just, just going to talk NFL period, speculate about uh, potential front runners in each division <laughs> far too early, but that's the time of year that it is all of a sudden because it is the NFL draft. Also going to talk a little high school track. Got some of the best marks from around the state. I was going through some of the best marks from around the state, and obviously they're listed with what the actual state records are, and some of the state records in Montana are purely unbreakable. So we're going to talk about some of these because I do think there's a fascinating conversation there in terms of the evolution of sport, the evolution of athlete, but also uh, – what interests people, and I, I don't know. I think that there's a, there's I think on certain elements people are getting faster, but in other elements I don't know. I don't I like the shot put record in Montana. I don't think it's ever going to fall again. So we'll get there here in about 45 minutes. Uh, we're going to also talk uh, NFL divisions, like I mentioned, and we're also going to give Ryan Tutel a call because I just called him yeah. on the way here. And regime's been begging the last couple weeks. We got to have a where in the world is Ryan Tutel segment. So I called. Thank Gus. you. He's uh, he's going to be in between Jackson, Mississippi, and I think it's. Viceburg, Mississippi, something somewhere where there was a big civil war battle. Two places I never want to live. <laughs> no kidding. How's about right? that? How's about that? How's about that? Yeah, no kidding. Have you ever been in the South? Exactly why the aforementioned statement was made. <laughs> it, it, it's so interesting. This is what's fascinating about America, though, to me. Um, so many different areas of America are so different. From, I mean, it's different countries, right? It, it totally uh, is. There's a little bit of crossover in certain elements. Like I've been to te- uh, small towns in Tennessee. Th- those, like people-wise, kind of reminded me of Montana. But there's no. There, first of all, there's nowhere like Montana, so that makes us True. totally different than almost everywhere else. Okay. But like Texas, California, those are both distinctly different. But then Arkansas, it's like you're in a different world, man. Okay. Louisiana, it's crazy. I'm I'm about to break it down. See, I have family in North Carolina. So I've family. never been to that area, like the North Carolina, South Carolina. Oh, I've never been there. I've heard that's area. awesome. Now, those are country folks. Where Ryan Tutel is, that's country. You know what I mean? That's like the clay down there is red. It's rich. Oh, that man. is that is delta. That is hot and humid. That's when the pecans fall off the tree in the morning. They are soft baked by six o'clock that night. That is country. <laughs> man, I mean, East Texas, Nacogdoches, Texas, where Stephen F. Austin is. I drove from there to Lake Charles, Louisiana, where McNeese State is. Country. There's places you can stop where people aren't speaking the same language as you. The dialect is so much different that you have no idea. And they probably think I'm speaking gibberish, too. There's almost no crossover in the colloquial diction that might be used. I mean, it is fully the place. I mean, oh, it, it, it is a totally different dialect than, than anywhere else you'll find in America. Yeah, there was a couple of places in the South I've been. I had... A, I had too many buttons on my shirt, too many teeth in my head, and one too many pairs of shoes on my feet. It was country. <laughs> That's what makes America a beautiful place. What makes the it. world a beautiful place yes, as well. Nuana's now Regime Seabrook joining me. Coulter Nuana's in studio, 1029 ESPN Missoula. All right, NFL Draft, let's talk about it. Did you watch it? Did you catch it? Yeah, I know, you, so, I know uh, your boy had a soccer game last yeah, night. Yeah, so yeah soccer, delayed. getting his hair braided, looking yeah, dapper. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
But do you do it? Do you braid it? Oh no, man! If, you gotta go if, find if, somebody. No, we we got we got the hook up. Like Master see, that's P. good. See, that's we you, are. You, you have to though, right? Oh, I'm not messing my boy up. <laughs> I'm already I'm already his father. I already messed him up already. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a given at this point. But um, no, I. Got to make him look good. He had a little photo shoot, and in between, I was watching the draft. It was it was a good night, man. It was a very interesting night. So, number one, no surprise. First of all, I got to talk about the TV production of this thing. I thought it was so funny that it's absolutely clear the NFL knows that they have they have the the world in their hands when it comes to the captive audience for this thing because they made, in my opinion, this is just me saying this, but it seems very. Uh, likely to me that they made each and every NFL team use the duration of their 15 minute clock before they made a pick because they were trying to turn this into a four hour NFL extravaganza. And I thought it was so funny though, because they did, they went, they went down the line and pretty much every team took almost the full clock to make the pick. And then they got to the end of the first round and it was nine 52 when they went to their last commercial break. And my roommate, well, we're both old guys now too. We're like, it's bedtime. We got to go. What's going on? Let's, go get, to bed, let's get this over with. And he grumbles. He said, all right, I'm not going to watch the next two picks. They should have, they should have figured out how to get this over by 10. And then they had to rush through the last three picks to get out at 10 Oh two. And 30 seconds. I just thought it was really funny. No scrutiny to ESPN because it was a great uh, production. The broadcast was great. It's just funny that they, they milk it somewhat, right? They, I mean, they know it. Now, it's, it's crazy where we've gotten to now, right? you got the NFL draft ticker that's sponsored by the hotel. And then you got the oh, interview that's sponsored it's by all Snickers. About money. And it's all about money. The, my new favorite thing is they got the analyst talking on one side and they got the commercial Where's running on the other side. They don't even go to a commercial break. you got commercial and guy talking at the same time. No thanks. Take me out of the matrix. I want the blue <laughs> pill, not the red. Thank you very much. Oh my! It's it's, but it's funny, man. It and is funny. It's funny, and it's also it's kind of like watching the remember the old World League of American Football yep. Yep. when it was more it was more um, advertisement than jersey. It's the same thing now. It's every everyone wants a little piece of the pie. So that's why you have the elongation at time. You got to pay them bills, you baby. Pay them bills. I, I I can't hate whatsoever. All right, let's go rapid fire because we're gonna we're gonna. This, there's, there's no structure to what we're doing today. We're going to talk about every element of the NFL draft and the NFL and, and the impact of last night on the league as a whole. So first and foremost, we got to start right off the top. So Trevor Lawrence goes number one to Cle- uh, out of Clemson to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody knew it was happening. But a few questions for you. First of all, the Jaguars have had a... Uh, at best, subpar history drafting quarterbacks. This is their fourth first-round pick as a quarterback, yeah. and they drafted Byron Leftwich, who was okay, actually pretty good before he got hurt, but he was all, he, he had a short career, and he was hurt pretty often. Ironically, now he is the, uh, OC. the, the OC. Blaine Gabbert, who didn't do much of anything, and Blake Bortles, who didn't do much of anything. They haven't had a quarterback since Mark Brunel. Let's be honest. For sure. Let's be honest. They, they haven't. There's no question about it. This is a team that two years ago was in the playoffs. But that was their first good year since Tom Coughlin retired, or I guess resigned, resigned to then retire, to then come out of retirement, to then go to the New York Giants. But they haven't been good besides that one year. But I, I just thought it was such an interesting scenario what happened in Jacksonville because they actually drafted very well and then had this one good year where they, they won 11 games and they made the playoffs. Solid defense. Really good defense. Really I mean, good I defense. think they had the second most sacks in NFL history, but... It was a short-lived honeymoon because they just had this mass exodus. Uh, Ngakwe wanted out. Um, Marcel Darius wanted out. Miles Jack wanted out. Paul Plaznuzzi retires. Telvin Smith is 27 years old. He retires. 
Jalen Ramsey begs his way out of town. TJ Yeldon cries his way out of town. Leonard Fournette, like I mean, all of these young, talented players Studly they had stockpiled guys. exited. They still have some solid guys defensively. I think the Josh Allen kid that they drafted in the top ten a couple years ago, that big DN. Yeah. He's solid. He's got he's got potential. Absolutely. Tayon Bryan, the the big D tackle from Florida that they drafted a couple years ago, he's got potential. So they have a few pieces. James Robinson. We're going to get to what they did in the in the latter half of the first round because some people hate it, some people like it. They drafted Travis Etienne from Clemson. We'll get to that in a minute because there's several of these quarterback favorite skill player pairings that I think are very interesting in this first round. Agreed. But all that said. The Jaguars have had a hard time gaining traction, period. It, yes. It's it's easy to see why because Florida is only is secondary only to Vegas where if you're not the show, you're not the show. The show if you're the exactly. show, you're the show. If you're not the show, you're not the show. Like if you're the Miami Dolphins right now, you're not the show. You could be. If you're good, you can't absolutely can be. Right, right. But you're not. And so you know, you have this foreign owner who a lot of people are speculating he might move this team to London. Regardless, wherever they're at. They have had a lot of dysfunction, even though they've had a lot of good draft picks in the last couple of years. So Trevor Lawrence himself individually, a transcendent talent. But what do you say about how much does this move the needle, the drafting of Trevor Lawrence and the hiring of Urban Meyer? Well, I, I like the pairing. I like, the, I like how Urban Meyer is with that college mind. And even though this young man is now an NFL pro, he, he is still very wet behind the ears in the game of life. So with that being said, the pairing right there, it's 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 the it's peanut butter meets jelly in that regard. The problem uh, that Jacksonville has is it's it's they're the Jets of the South. There's there's just not a lot there's not a lot of mass appeal. There's not a lot of free agency pull um that where they are ge- uh, social geographically, they are better suited to turn that football stadium into a NASCAR uh situation because that's Seriously. that's that's where that, that's the um, the general populace it's more NASCAR than it is football. So you you have this great opportunity to have professional football in that part of the state, but social culturally it doesn't add up. It just it just doesn't add up. And then with the looming aspect of them literally leaving the motherland to go across the pond, um, it just doesn't make it an appealing place. Sure. This young man would it be appealing if they were in London? I'm not sure. I think it's dual, right? On one hand, absolutely, because London is one of the great cities in the world. Absolutely. But from a weather standpoint and just from a time change standpoint, it would really throw you off. Well, it also throws it off, and we've also seen in the last like five to ten years, the stadium conditions that are over there across the pond do not benefit or or predicate uh, and yield good results for Americanized football. For sure. Uh, Well, the other thing that's worth remembering, too, is that twofold. One... There's a perception that all the NFL players are millionaires, but in reality, there's only about seven to ten millionaires on each team. Right. The majority of guys are making between league minimum, which right now I think is three hundred ninety-five thousand dollars, so a good living to be sure. But they're making significantly less than what the thirty million dollar year quarterbacks are. Another thing that's worth noting is that the majority of these guys come from similar backgrounds and similar regions of the United States. In other words, it doesn't matter how much money you make. Living across the pond is going to be a huge adjustment for you if you're from Macomb, Mississippi, or you know Shreveport, Louisiana, or yeah. you know uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, or wherever. I mean, most of these guys are from the 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 right, the bottom right hand corner of the United States. Half the NFL players are from from the South, and so it's going to be an adjustment for you no matter what. And so then, does it kill your free agent allure? Even more by oh, abso- absolutely, and then you're also you're talking about paying taxes in two different countries, t- totally. two, two different residencies. Uh, your family, you're looking at educational systems, cultural differences. Add on, you know, ad infinitum. Going back to you know to to Mr. Lawrence, it's it's not a great place 
for a, a, a quarterback to try to get his feet wet. Sure. Um, they have not shown historically over the course of time that they are, are willing to support that position. Sure. And when you're going back 20 plus years, we're, you know, we're talking about the old lethal lefty for them from back in the day. Sure. You have not shown a track record in a keeping your quarterbacks healthy, making good choices in who they are, but also supporting them a la the Andrew Luck proxy. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, Regime Seabrook, Jordan Me, Coulter Nuanas, talking all things NFL draft here yeah. on 1029 as well as SWX Montana Television. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. You said something interesting, though. I, I think that, wait, first of all, here's a statistic for you. Only 42% of first-round quarterbacks have made it to their second contract with the team that drafted them over the last 20 years. So only four out of 10 guys that are drafted in the first round make it to their second contract. To put that into contrast... That's horrible. To put put that in perspective, almost seven out of 10, 68% of offensive linemen that are drafted in the first round make it to their second contract with their teams. So... What factors go into this, though? Because I think that there's multiple factors here. I think there's misevaluations, like when a guy like Mitch Trubisky is just—he's just straight up misevaluated, and he's drafted too high. Agreed. Someone decided they love this guy. We're going to hype him up. We're going to take him at number two, even though Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are on the board. Like you—you just—you just screwed it up. You misevaluated it. Then there's guys that are really good when they're coming out of college that just flop. Johnny yeah. Man, the Johnny Manziel's of the world. They, they yep. just can't play. Brady yep. Quinn, they can't play in the NFL. They're good. They can't play in the NFL. Haskins. Haskins, for sure. Dwayne Haskins, for sure. And then there's the third category, which is the guys that are good and stay good but are put into horrific situations. Like, it's still, it's still my take that David Carr, Derek Carr's older brother, he gets drafted by the expansion era Tex- Houston yeah. Texans, yep. and he, he, the Texans Battered. set a lot, a set our NFL record consecutive seasons for the most quarterback sacks allowed. That's a horrific way to acclimate a kid to the NFL. How do you? What else is this kid going to do besides bust? Tim Couch is remembered as one of the great busts in NFL history. That's a good one. But he's playing in. And behind a horrific offensive line. Well, any of those, that whole string of first-round draft picks made by the Browns with their quarterbacks. I mean, there was just Achilles. I mean, that there was just this the whole Achilles Smith generation. Yep. Like just these guys that were. Also, I want to add to your list. They were system quarterbacks. They were sure. great athletes that fit a system, but not necessarily a quarterback when they came out. So, what do you think of this though? That element doesn't exist nearly as prevalently anymore because most NFL systems are like NCAA yes. systems yes. now, right? Yes. Achilles Smith was running an offense that's nowhere close to an NFL offense when he was at Oregon. Right. If he was coming out now, he would be much more acclimated. Kyler Murray could not have played in the NFL 20 years ago, and now he's one Absolutely of the not. rising stars in the no. league because of the, 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 the crossover of the spread elements. Yes. And I, I, I think... When you have some of these guys that are caught in between those worlds, it makes it really hard to transition. The other thing, and we always noted about this, it's not just the physical. Can they transition between totally. the ears? Totally. There's this, there's this, this growing trend that I'm noticing that these guys are just like outstanding athletes, like freaks, but the brains haven't caught up to the maturation of the body, and then that's also what gets them out and you know makes them makes them bounce out. Not so much the quarterbacks, but some other positions. Well, that, that's that's what happened to like right now. There's three generations of quarterbacks in the NFL. Yes, there's the old guard. Yes, the Tom Brady, the Ben Roethlisberger, the Drew, formerly Drew Brees of the world. Right, the guys, Philip Rivers, guys that played into their late 30s, early 40s. Yes, and even at the end, were still better than the whole next generation that came after them. 
Agreed. The Matt Ryans of the world, the Matt Stavers of the world. Those guys are all okay. They're they're good. They're pretty good. They're good enough to make you a playoff team every once in a while, but they're never good enough to lead you all the way. Right, right. And then there's the new generation. The Mahomes. Russell Wilson's the the oldest of the new generation, but yes. it's the Russell Wilson through the Mahomes with yep. you know whether it's Jared Goff or Kyler Murray or whoever else you want to throw in there. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, all these guys. That's the new generation. Formerly known as Deshaun Watson. I mean. Son. I don't even know, man. Bye. We have tried as hard as we can to not talk about this. Bye. And I'm not trying to ignore the news. I absolutely think the Deshaun Watson situation is newsworthy. I just don't feel... I think that every element of the situation or every Don't kick the side nice. you could possibly go to is a bad one. Everything that happened here is bad. There's institutional unrest. There is yep. personal ir- irresponsibility. Absolutely. There is bad media at work. There's Truth. bad lawyers at work. There's bad everything. Every every possible thing. The whole so thing is bad. We have tried to not because we want to make you happy here on Nuanez now, <laughs> which, which is a good thing. But... So, so back to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence situation, though, because I do think there's so many different levels that quarterbacks can fit into. Mm-hmm. When Peyton Manning was drafted by the Colts, Billy Pullen was the GM, and he made a concerted effort to start surrounding Peyton Manning with the weapons he needed, whether it was trading for Marshall Falk or drafting Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne or Dallas Clark. Mm-hmm. They gave Peyton Manning the weapons he wanted that he needed. It's actually funny you mentioned Andrew Luck. The irony of the situation is when Luck got there, the number one thing they didn't have was an offensive line. line. Then they started investing fully. I mean, they drafted Quentin Nelson as a guard at number six in the in the draft. I mean, they started uh, Joe Hag from North Dakota State. I mean, they have drafted four of their starting five offensive linemen. Now they have arguably one of the, the three best offensive lines in the league. And Andrew Luck's sitting on his couch eating popcorn or Dot's pretzels or whatever the hell he's eating. Being like, I wish I had my kidney back. For sure. But I, I guess this brings me full circle to uh, a couple different questions for you. One, is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in the NFL? The answer is yes. Yes. So. Absolutely. So, but this is what I'm saying. Mahomes might have had the most raw talent coming out into the NFL out of the draft. He had the good fortune of having to sit behind a veteran for year one, so he wasn't completely thrust into action. Mm-hmm. More than anything, though, he had the great fortune of being drafted by one of the most stable and successful franchises in the league over the last 10 years, and one of, one of if not the best, active coach in the NFL. Andy, Andy Reid. Reid. Absolutely. If Patrick Mahomes would have gotten shipped to... The Jets. The Bengals, the Jets. If those are the teams that drafted him, the Bears, would we still think the same? I guess how much of this is talent, how much of this is fit, and does Trevor Lawrence have the talent to overcome even if the fit is bad? He has the talent to overcome, but as we, as you just noted on all those organizations, the problem is the organizations get in their own ways, and 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 you you can't invest in such a high draft pick and don't develop the stock around him, and and I hope that's not what happens in Jacksonville, but again, their histrionics prove otherwise. Sorry, the Jags fit into a unique spot in the NFL for me. Because, first of all, Kyle Sample and I were talking about this yesterday. You mentioned some of the guys that are making these decisions as experts. I think that is a misconnotation because I think that there are experts, I think there are decision makers, and I think that there are decision makers who are also experts. But I also think that there's not a vast majority, but there is quite a few decision makers in pro sports, particularly in the NFL and the NBA, that really, truly don't know what they're doing. 
There's a lot of that. A ton of it. Right. Like, truly, these guys, you know, it's the common lies. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I think I'm a doctor. But people say, (laughs) well, you think you are an expert? You think you know more than this GM? I actually do think that many studied, dedicated sports journalists and broadcasters do know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think they do know better. Mel Mel Kuyper knows the stuff. For, I mean, That's I think a like lot that. of guys know some stuff. I mean, oh, I yeah. think I think that Todd McShay and Lewis Riddick and these guys, oh, they, amazing. Could, they amazing. could be in the front office of NFL teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I don't like are the, there's, part of it is we have so many platforms now and sure. so many different venues in sure. which the talking heads are just kind of coming out of the out of the woodwork. For sure. Um, I also think that this past year has been hard to evaluate college talent with the way, way in which COVID has kind of changed the landscape of athletics on, on every level. But, you know, most notably, I feel the collegiate one. Sure. Um, the... The talking heads about some of these things, man, and I am now officially one myself right, as I'm talking out. No, no, no. Right we, we we fit into a special boulder out here. Missoula is all about discourse. We try to keep it intellectual and non-low-hanging fruit around here. Ladies and gentlemen, I officially profess my love for this man. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love a good dogmatic loophole. Thanks for letting me jump through one. So... I just think that it's so interesting. First of all, I want to ask you about what you just said. Hard to evaluate this year. I think that this first round, in certain ways, was more linear and more entertaining and less shock factor. In certain ways, there was a few shock factors, whether it was um, you know the Eagles taking Jalen Waddell at six or I mean, Trey Lance right off the bat at number three was a shock factor. But I also think that great players, most of them who people knew, went in the first round, and they were from prestigious colleges and on down the line. There's a couple reasons for that, though. I think one, just definitively, there's a full stratification between the top programs. I think that now we've reached a point, unless something seismic or just catastrophic happens, mm-hmm. you're going to see Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, Florida, and Michigan Flood the first round. That's going to be all the time. Eighty percent of the first round. All the time. Alabama tied the two thousand four Miami Hurricanes last night with six first round picks. That's the most in the history of the NFL draft. But I think there's another factor here. There's that is COVID influenced. The NFL Combine did not occur this year. Exactly. The NFL Combine brings to the table such stark evaluation, but it also gives all of these decision makers that we're talking about mm-hmm. great information to make decisions, but also maybe flawed information to make decisions. When you are sitting in your underwear for eight hours and you're getting tested, you might not be able to perform at your best. And is that on you? Is that a psychological thing? Maybe. Did you maybe not prepare well enough? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But you might Get, I mean, Dante Olson told me this story, so I'll tell it here on the radio. Dante Olson, former University of Montana linebacker, Stud. who's now going up to the Canadian Football League to play, but he was invited to the NFL Combine last year. He had the horrible luck of being in line for the linebackers for the 40-yard dash right after Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons from Clemson went out at six foot four, 260 pounds, and ran a 4-4-1, and it was the most mind-blowing moment of the Combine last year. Dante Olson's up next. He said, dude, I puked. Because I saw his time on the gun. I was like, well, I can't do that. And then Dante also goes out and runs like a 4-9-1. And that skews his draft stock. Is he a 4-9-1 guy? No. Is he a 4-4 guy? No. But he's somewhere in between that. Mm-hmm. But that killed him. And it's one moment where it's just a psychological blip. And all of a sudden, 
you your draft stock is impeded. What I'm getting at is no combine meant every single guy worked out at their own facility with their own teammates, their own coaches, in their own building, in their own jerseys. Right. So we didn't have a single guy where it was a gasp, oh my God, this guy, we thought he was going to run 4-4, and he ran 4-9. There was none of that. Every single guy ran their best time. They jumped their best time. If you had a flaw, the strength coach knew, like, we're not going to have him do the broad jump because we know that's a bad mark. All these guys are only going to do what they're going to do. Pick and choose. I think that made it, though, so you didn't have this one little number that would, oh, we want to take Kyle Pitts, the great tight end from Florida, but... He's got nine and a half inch hands, or you know, he's got he's got a subpar broad jump, and he's bad at the vertical. So then he drops. No, just evaluate the tape, evaluate the skill, evaluate the height, evaluate the person. Bam, you got it. And so I think that actually we saw more blue chip and brand name guys go than ever before because these guys they were able to work out in comfort, and so there was no albatross of a number that caused their draft stock to fail. Now, see, this is kind of where I want to play devil's advocate. I like the adversity. I like those that that. You know Dante Olson's moment of which the guy in front of him is five seconds faster than him For because sure. in the in the league you're gonna have to deal with that adversity as a young man in life you're gonna have to deal with that adversity. So to me, I like those stressor those those boiler uh, 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 cooker uh, kind of environments. How are you gonna deal when your back is against the wall? How do you deal with adversity because not everything's milk and honey. So it's six of one, half dozen another. You you you, you get some better measurables. You know, speaking of what you can, there's some more social. And you know me, psychological measurables that sure. I like with the with, sure. the with the larger combine. Um, plus, I, I just I kind of miss the combine. Oh no, the combine is a great thing. I was only talking about the way that the the executives evaluate. I oh think, yeah, I think that when you have this albatross of a number, a lot of times people put too much stock to it. At both sides, we've every, every single draft we've seen at least one and sometimes two guys that ran the fastest forty in their position group, but couldn't that never were good player. I mean, they were they were fine, but not outstanding players right. in college. Right. I mean. You know the the Darius Hayward Bays of the world. You know, just a, just a fine fine player in college, but then he goes out and runs a four two eight, and he's a se- he, uh, number seven pick. We didn't see that this year because no, we didn't have these flawed no. numbers. So I guess that's what I'm getting at. It is NFL draft rehashing on Nuanas yes, now. One two nine ESPN Missoula regime Seabrook in studio with me, Colter Nuanas. We've made it through one pick, and we're half an hour into the show. So this is going to last until, I don't know, Tuesday. Keep it right here. 1029 <laughs> ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back. It's Nuana is now your favorite daily sports talk show right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Reminder, next week, no Nuana is now. Sorry. Leaving you high and dry. I got to take a road trip so I can get some work done. You think I'm kidding. I'm not. 
I'm going to drive around the Northwest United States. I'm going to stop at various coffee shops that are dear to my heart, and I'm going to write all sorts of things, whether it's radio scripts or I'm going to finish my NCAA tournament opus or whether it's for Skyline Sports or whether it's the outline for our upcoming podcast series. Stay tuned on those or starting my new book. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Dude, like, you know, when you make a million dollars, can I borrow like 38 cents? <laughs> you know, just throw some extra cheese on a brother's Whopper or something. I mean, I, if you were so dedicated to the youth of this community, I could, I could get you hooked up with some gigs right about now. Uh, you got, you I, got too much love to give. I love the, Take care of the babies, man. I love them. NFL Draft coverage regime. Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter New Orleans. We're going to be talking almost exclusively NFL Draft throughout this Friday show. So if you missed anything, we'll fill you in. If you caught everything, we still got all the analysis for you as well. We got through a grand total of one draft pick uh, during the first <laughs> segment. But because we were having a meandering conversation about quarterbacks, I do think that all of that is applicable because then we get to our next two guys. Trevor Lawrence goes number one. Zach Wilson, as expected from BYU, goes number two, the New York Jets. And then Somewhat of a surprise, Kyle Sample, our NFC West expert, called Trey Lance to the 49ers, and it happened. And I actually, when it was all said and done, I was not surprised because Kyle Shanahan loves intellectual guys. Trey Lance, by the way, friend of this show. So that's why that's where I really get happy about my job and my career. It makes me feel Trumpet cool. names. Well, it's, 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 it's just it's just cool when you see when you see the potential in a kid right away, and then you get to know him a little bit, and you realize this dude, he deserves it, too, because he's a hard worker, he's humble, right, right. he's articulate, right. all these things. I mean, when when it, when it started coming out over the last week that Trey Lance was mind-blowingly smart, that he was super good on the board when he's breaking down plays, when his interviews were awesome, uh, Ryan Tuttle and I were talking, well, it's like, yeah, we knew, only because we had him on the show a couple times leading up to the FCS playoffs, and... He was just a pro, man. He was he was so uh, straight and narrow. He was so articulate. He was so smart, well-spoken. He did not seem like a 20-year-old. Thank you so much, Liz. Liz has been on the show twice today. How about that? But regardless, I thought it was crazy. First, let's start with number two because the New York Jets draft Zach Wilson. Did you see the, the photo op after the first 10 picks of the, of the draft were over? And you had the top 10 guys standing there. Did you see this photo op that was going on? Because the video was hilarious because you have all these dudes who have so much swag. Dude. And then the BYU kid standing in the back, like he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't on. know what's going on, man. <laughs> He's not used to brothers like that down there. Or, I mean, anybody. <laughs> like that anybody. Like, race background aside, I mean, you got all the dudes from the SEC, basically. It was Florida, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama. Oregon, yeah. South Carolina, <laughs> and then BYU. Well, it was one of those things, and, and for all the Sesame Street lovers out there, you will get this. It was like, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things is not quite the same. And it was it was great, though. I, I love those moments because even though culturally he's different, he still belongs, and he made his impact, and he went number two. Although, I feel sorry for the young man. Exactly. He's going to the Jets, where careers go to die. Right. So, so, so we were talking first segment. If you missed anything in the first segment, check it out on the podcast. But that's a great, that's a great segue because think of this: four quarterbacks yes. went in the top ten of this draft. Five quarterbacks went in the top fifteen. Right? Correct. We can sit here and debate the talent levels between Trevor Lawrence and Zach. Trevor Lawrence has a superior talent level. We, oh, we, without a question. But we could debate the talent levels of. 
Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Yes. Who's good at this? Who's bad at this? Right. All these things. Right. At the end of the day, though, my whole point is it's all about fit and opportunity. Any of these four guys go to the 49ers, they're going to be better than any of the guys that go to the Jets. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Let me tell you. The Jets are close enough to Toronto that the CFL should just absorb them. Because they run, and I know my man Mike Motz is listening, the defensive coordinator over at Sentinel. The Jets are just the ringleaders of ineptitude. Like, get with the program. I'm not trying to bag the young man they drafted, but you had something in Sam Darnold that you didn't nature or nurture. Right. And then you're going to bring in something very similar along the same lines and put him right back in there. I tell you, if I was this kid, I'd be scared. Like seeing what they did to Sam Darnold. That's a foreshadow of what could happen in 18 months from now. Just saying. Dot, dot, dot. Dude, the Jets. Just end this season. That's what that's an acronym for. If Trey Lance goes to the Jets, I think Trey Lance is better than Zach Wilson. Absolutely, more athletic. But but, but if, if, if Trey Lance go, but but these guys are they're, they're similar prospects, right? Both have both have very limited college experience. Both played at non power five levels. Yep. Both have ridiculous intangibles, athleticism, arms, arm angles, the whole Mahomes can right, pop right. all this stuff. But I truly think that the success of these two guys could be boiled down to one thing: where they went. I think if you switched them. I think that whoever out of Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and, and Zach Wilson that goes to the 49ers will be the best one. Whoever goes to the Jets will be the worst one. Whoever be the, goes to the Bears is the guy that's stuck in the middle. Period. Well, whoever goes to the Jets is going to be begging for a job on this show in two years. Because <laughs> it'll be, you know, who won't be in the league anymore. The Jets are just inept, and I feel bad for the for any quarterback that goes there. You're not you're not going to be put in a position to be to to win. Does he have the intangibles and the tangibles to do well and be successful? Yes. I just don't think it's going to be for gangrene. And that's where it just it gets so muddled because you just wonder. I mean, what, what happens if... I think Justin Fields was the second most talented quarterback in this draft. Justin Fields might have gotten the, the rare um, and ironic good fortune of being the fourth quarterback drafted. I'm not saying the Bears are some uh, mecca, but the Bears are the Bears are stuck where they're stuck, which is at 9 and 7 or 7 and 9, and they're not stuck where they're stuck at 3 and 13 like the New York Jets. No, yeah, you're on a team that's a perennial lottery pick every year. Like it just it doesn't bode well. The foreshadow yeah. and the history of this organization does not bode well for this young man's well-being. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. We'll circle back around to the Jets and some of the other uh, winners and losers in this first round of the NFL draft. But one more thing on the top three, just just regardless of fit and, and the way these guys compare and contrast to each other, just from a, a singular basis. Trey Lance to the 49ers Love is a it. very nice move. Love it. Because it, it gives you two, it's a twofold move, right? You have the best non quarterback roster in the NFL. In other words, there's, there are some guys like the, the, the Chiefs have the best roster in the NFL, and they also have the best quarterback in the NFL. Those two right, things go hand right, in hand. Right, right, right. They, when the 49ers are healthy, they have the best non quarterback roster in the NFL. In other words, they have a top 10 offensive line. Yep. They have the best defensive front in the league. Period. They have a uh, top. I don't know, six defense overall when you add in the secondary. They have uh, 
good receivers. They have the best tight end in the league in George Kittle. They have the best fullback in the league in Kyle Juszczyk. And they have four running backs that can can contribute. So, therefore, the the missing piece is assumed that it is just the quarterback. But it's a great situation because Trey Lance can come in and maybe he can be that missing piece. Mm -hmm. But if he's not, you still got Jimmy Garoppolo for one more year. And I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the savior. But he could stem the tide. If you can get all the rest of these guys re-signed, which you can if your future is Trey Lance, then you can roll Garoppolo until Lance is ready, and then maybe Lance takes you to the promised land. Or if Lance is all that and a bag of chips, bam, maybe he's the guy that steps in right away. First of all, all that and a bag of chips, way to bring it back to 99. I love you, brother. <laughs> uh, number two, I think Trey Lance also, you said there's a trifecta. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like take it away from the triangle and let's make it a four-point situation. That's the face of that franchise. They have not had a face of the franchise since, I I dare say, Colin Kaepernick, right? Uh, Here is a lightning bolt of a young man. And I think that he he fits this system. He fits the city. He fits the culture. And I I, I like it. I'm not not a Niners fan, but I like this young man where he's at. I got a question for you about faces of franchises. Oh, boy. We're going to do that right after this. Keep it right here. 129 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television, Nuanas Now, Regime Seabrook. With me, Coulter Nuanas. Be back after this. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 billion. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Nuanas now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. My good man, Regime Seabrook, joining me in studio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Missoula. Regime will be riding with me most, if not all, Fridays for the coming months. So this is exciting. It's fun. I'm, uh, I say it all the time, but I got to just continue to double down. I'm so happy and so humbled by all the contributions we've had to this show it was a a weird year uh 2020 didn't know what was going to happen we didn't know who was going to survive what was going to survive it was a it was quite an opus and then my partner in crime one of my best friends in the whole world ryan tutel he uh he decided to go on an adventure and i didn't know what was going to happen but Appreciate each and everybody that's contributed to this show because it's been super awesome. It's been fun having all my buddies in here. I feel so lucky to be the guy that gets to have all his best friends come sit in a radio studio with him and talk sports. What a deal. That, hey, you're in a good space, man. Oh, for sure, that's, man. That's, you, can't, you can't brag and don't complain that's about right. it. That's right. Let's a, go. That's 100% true, man. Yes, well, it's so good, good with guys like you, too, because you got family, you got kids. So you and I are not going to be staying up, howling at the moon, likely. 
But this is a good way for us to catch up on uh, most of the things that we would talk about, anyways. I mean, this is like I love it, man. This it's like a you, welcome to our welcome to our friendship because this is like seventy percent of what we would talk about if we it, were just sitting at the coffee shop or the water and hole or whatever it might be. All right, so I gotta. Uh, we are all over the place. There's no structure to this. This is Friday wrapping all about the NFL draft. So we are going to get to some of the top uh, prep track and field marks in the state. So I do think that's important, and uh, we also. Farmers State Bank prep extra. Got to get one in uh, before the week is over. Another, by the way, PSA. Nuan is now not on the air next week. Uh, I'm going to maybe figure out some uh, substitute content. But either way, we'll have you covered back the second week of May. We'll be loading up for all the great spring sports championships, whether it's state high school track and field or Big Sky Conference track and field, Big Sky Conference softball tournaments coming up as well. So we got all sorts of stuff on the horizon. Tennis, too. Tennis, too. Don't forget about tennis, oh, brother. For, for, for both the college and, and high school levels, for sure. We'll get all that in. But you had a comment about the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, sir. And now Trey Lance, who by all accounts, a very uh, cerebral, humble, um, mature guy. Yes. Has an opportunity to be the face of their franchise. Mm-hmm. And you said, you, you, you said, dare I say, since Colin Kaepernick. And I, I wouldn't argue that. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about what makes the face of a franchise because this is one thing that I I, I I think that there's so many layers to the overlay of personalities, right. personality type, background, and NFL success that go hand in hand. And I think it's a lot different than what a lot of people think. I think you do, in a lot of ways, to be the squeaky clean face of the franchise, marketable guy, got all the endorsements, quarterback, you do have to fit a certain mold. That stereotype is real. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's a lot of dudes in the NFL that are among the best players in the NFL that fit a completely different mold that then in turn makes them, one, indispensable as a player, and two, unmarketable as a player. I don't think you can make a guy like Darius Leonard for the Indianapolis Colts your face of your franchise. I don't think you can make a DeMario Davis from the, from the New Orleans Saints, your face of your franchise. I think you even have a hard time making a guy like Jalen Smith, Notre Dame product, the face of your franchise as the Dallas Cowboys. You sort of have to fit this mold, and I think that it, it sells... Uh, I guess my... I, I totally get why. I think that there's a lot of dudes that come that are savages. They're just straight savages. They don't even want the spotlight. They don't want to be the marketable guy. They don't want to be the face of the franchise. They just want to ball, make money, all the... you know support their family, whatever it might be. But I also think that it it sort of skews the public's perception of just how, first of all, intense, cutthroat, and savage the NFL really is. You see the ah shucks Drew Brees interviews every single week. But I guess what I, I think what's lost on the, the, the larger American public that's watching football is not even necessarily, unstable is the wrong word, just how intense and a lot of times different so many of these dudes are. And so I guess my question is, Nick Bosa was one of the, the three or four best edge guys in the league the day he got to the San Francisco 49ers. He was the NFL Rookie of the Year, yet he doesn't really have a chance to be the face of your franchise. There's a, there, it's, very, it's very rare that you even get a J.J. Watt where he, he's a defensive lineman that becomes the face. So what do you think of the dynamic that goes into this? Because on one hand, it's pretty linear, but on the other hand, there's a lot that goes into making guys you know, sort of that, that face of the franchise. It's called persona. Right. Every one of us is a person. Each one of us is For an sure. individual. Each one of us is a human being. What do you, but what do you think of the fact that the NFL wants to sell the softer persona rather than the harder persona because the majority of the NFL is actually the hard-edge guy, but the majority of the NFL does 
doesn't sell that. Right. They want soft because soft appeals to grandma. Soft appeals to little sister. Soft appeals to grandpa who became disenfranchised with the 90s versions of the NFL. Yeah. So what sure. you want, you want more broad based. And what you want is you kind of want those old shuck guys. What you don't want is someone in your face being intense all the time. That's an instant turnoff. For sure. And, and Except I, for sometimes it does catch weight though. Like Bart Scott can't wait. Right. But it but again, it's it's there's there's still that person there's still that kind of bread and butter behind him that you can still kinda of like squish and feel and, and and almost, if you will, massage through. When a guy is too hard edge and that's all you see and there's not they they lack that flexibility or that pliability, you don't want that. That's almost not human because we as humans are pliable and moldable and adaptable to what's going on. Some of these guys are just one two trick ponies or they're too hard edge or they're too conceited or they're too sure. meek or whatever it is they're T O O of. You have to find that right balance. So when you get a guy like Drew Bees, he's even killed. You what you see on Monday, you're going to get on Friday in the same interview. And having those kind of talent scouts be able to kind of pick and choose and pluck is are those or why those types of people are the franchises of an organization or a business or, in this case, you know, a sports team. I just find it so fascinating. Your New York Giants, for example. Yes. Let's take it back 10, 12 years. Ah, the glory days. The glory days. When we made the playoffs. Those two Super Bowl championship teams. Amazing. The common NFL fan thinks Eli Manning first, Michael Strahan second, David Tyree third? Maybe, maybe. Uh, the, for, on the, the first one? No, you had you had you had Plaxico. I'm just talking when you talk about that era of New York of, of New York Giant football. Yeah, you had Strahan, you had Osium and Justin Tuck. So so here, here that's what, this is what I'm saying though. So what I'm saying is that if you were to break down those New York Giants teams though, I would argue that their their four most impactful and important players were Michael Strahan, yes. Jason Pierre Paul, Osium Imanura, and Justin Tuck. In whatever order. And Eli. And Eli. To an extent. But Eli benefited from those guys so much. No doubt. Complete tangent, but we were talking about quarterback fits. Philip Rivers and Eli Manning don't get traded for each other on draft day in 2004. Philip Rivers is the quarterback of the New York Giants. More or less of the same amount of Super Bowls for the New York Giants with Philip Rivers as your quarterback instead of Eli Manning over these last 15 years. More. I think so, too. I think we actually win more. That's the greatest example of fit. Philip Rivers is going to be a Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers also never even made it to the conference championship game, let alone played in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Eli Manning has two rings. Eli yep. Manning is widely considered one of the 20 best, maybe even 15 best quarterbacks of all time, even though he's not even more talented than the guy he was traded for on draft day. Nope. But uh, statistically, he's better. For sure. But that's that's my question. I yeah. think that Philip Rivers, given the fit, given the stability, given the organization, given the talent, yeah. Philip Rivers plays his duration of his career in New York with those same teams. He has New equal- York might have two more Super Bowls. If you if 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 you if you look at those two defenses and what they did with Eli Manning and then the years that they didn't do as well, yep. a guy like Philip Rivers who who has a different wrinkle to the game, I think gets another ring or gets to another game. And, and possibly could lose it, but definitely gets to one more than where Eli finished. I'll agree with you to that. Back to the New York Giants, though. I, I do think that that's a fascinating element right there, right, is that you had four premier edge guys. Strahan was the most productive, but he was also the most marketable. So he became the face of the New York Giants yes. for a brief moment in time. And uh, that's just a great example of of the way that, like you're saying, the persona, but but a honed persona yes. is the thing that makes you what you are, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just like when the New England Patriots had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. 
You got one guy here you know you can market, and one guy you know you cannot. One guy you don't can't take to the supermarket. But I also think that there's certain franchises that can market the guys that maybe uh, common America can't accept or, or or maybe would be hesitant to accept the Steelers and James Harrison, the Ravens and Ray Lewis. I was going to say, it's also contingent upon the organization. Yes. Because I don't think uh, uh, someone like the Colts could have done with Ray Lewis what the Ravens did with Ray. Interesting. You, you, you get what I'm saying? For sure. Um, a bit more conservative. That's that's what that, that see see. I'm, I'm I know that I'm exhausting to all of the people out there that are listening, but I'm always ranting and raving about the way that the national media, the the network, the network television media spins the NFL to the common fan. Mm-hmm. They serve it to you in the quarterback handbasket. They serve it to you in the most palatable way that you can consume it. They serve it to you. In it's the, a happy meal. Exactly. It's a happy meal. But I'm, I'm always saying that the, the the narrative of the Indianapolis Colts for the last couple of years has been, you know, Frank Reich this, Jacoby Brissett, or who's going to come in. Now we got, you know, Jonathan Taylor. Now we got Carson Wentz, blah, 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 blah. Whereas you were to play man on the street, and I would say the Colts right now are a top 10 team. They're not They're not probably more than eight, but they're a top 10 team probably. i give you that. In terms of what they got. On paper. But if absolutely. you were pulling man on the street and say, give me the, the, the five biggest strengths of the Colts, they would name Jacoby Brissett and Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton and, you know, on down the line. Hardly anybody knows who Darius Leonard is. He's the best inside linebacker in the NFL. Ridiculous. Hardly anybody knows who Quentin Nelson is. He's the best guard in the last 20 years in the NFL. Most people wouldn't say, oh, man, the Colts are one of the toughest teams in the league. They're one of the most hard-nosed teams in the league. They're one of the most physical teams in the league. They got the best offensive line in the league. Their defense banks. DeForest Buckner is one of the best players in the league. None of those things are palatable for the Midwestern Indianapolis Colts fan base or the larger NFL fan base as a whole. So you're thinking, when's the next Andrew Luck coming? That's the whole narrative of the Colts. But in reality, they have the same, in terms of the way they played the last couple years, they got the same identity as the Titans within their division. They got the same identity as the Steelers. They got the same identity as the Ravens. That's how they're built, but no one spins it like that. No, well, they have the identity, but identity isn't the persona that goes attached with it. No question. And and when you're looking at the Titans and you look at how they run the rock, their persona is 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 just leaking and and reeking off their team. The Colts well, I don't know. Let's uh, let's sit down and eat this plain bagel <laughs> with uh, plain cream cheese. This is great. I gotta love it. We are officially through three picks and one hour in to this show. <laughs> I can't believe how fun this is. We're the luckiest guys alive. We get to just let it ride on a Friday. So keep it right here on Nuanas Now. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula, hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot right here on 1029, as well as SWX Montana Television. More NFL draft. We also got some prep track, and we also got Ryan Tootill. Talk to you soon. Back after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 